0: This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support.
1: Command codes verified.
0: Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel.
2: you're listening to episode 292 of priority one podcast your weekly report on all things star trek available for download or streaming on monday october 25th at priority one podcast.com i'm elijah and i'm kenna and in the recording booth is our audio engineer winters hello everyone all right kenna what do we have this week
0: Well, this week we're trekking out some futuristic developments in holograms and augmented reality, and the disappointing news that the release of Star Trek Bridge Crew VR has been delayed. In Star Trek Online news, we're getting excited about Agents of Yesterday Artifacts and letting you in on what you should look out for when it's released on Tuesday. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages.
2: Don't forget that we'd love to keep those conversations going with you over at facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast or on Twitter at priority one pod. You can also send us an email via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. one
0: Thanks again to all our Patreon supporters who make this show possible from week to week. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash priority one and find out about all the cool perks we have to offer.
2: Now let's check out some futuristic technology straight out of the mind of Gene Roddenberry.
1: Jordan, I don't know. Then let's trek it out.
2: With each passing day, new technology continues to be introduced that inches closer and closer to things we saw on Star Trek. For instance, I just pre-ordered myself Google Home Ooh, for my birthday. <laughs> my birthday gift to
1: me. <laughs>
2: because I want to wake up in the morning and say, computer, and give it a command. Now with virtual reality and augmented reality, we're coming closer to a version of a holodeck. And The Verge recently reported that a company called HoloVect has managed to project suspended images in mid-air, much like we've seen in films like Star Wars. Help me,
0: Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope.
2: The company has a Kickstarter campaign to help develop the project. And what it does is that it draws objects right in the air. The company doesn't call them holograms, but quote Volumetric vector images projected onto modified air, i.e. projections in space. This distinction is due to the fact that a hologram is a recording of interference patterns on film or glass plates that contains three-dimensional information about an object. However, since the holovect images contain three-dimensional information and are free-floating objects in air, they are most certainly holographic. They are real 3D projections, end quote. So, did you get that? Because that was... Yeah. Look, man, it's a projection that floats in air. It's epic.
0: It's pretty cool, actually. I've seen the video of it, and it looks cool. Because normally, when you have, like, a... Because I've seen similar sort of lasery projectiony projection-y things before. Usually, you have to have some kind of medium for it to project right. onto.
1: Yeah, surface. Right.
0: Yeah, but this one, it just, it just looks like it's in midair.
2: And according to Inverse... Microsoft is spending resources developing 3D suspended projections themselves. You may have heard of their HoloLens, their headset that isn't virtual reality but more augmented reality, overlaying images on your surroundings via the lens. However, Inverse reports that Dave Copland, chief envisioning officer at Microsoft, explains in an interview that, quote, we and other companies, Have prototypes in our labs, capable of projecting objects in three dimensions that you can see without a headset. It's hard, and it's expensive, and the resolution isn't great, but it's just the beginning of that journey. End quote. So, I mean, the holovect thing is cool, but it does, it it has that sense of, like, super 80s cheese holo you know, hollow projections. I mean, the science is awesome. The fact that it's doing it in midair, yeah. but it's not, it's, it's little vector images, like little eight bit vector images. One of them they did was a star. Oh yeah. A little starship. Uh, yeah. One of them they did yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. That was pretty cool. I actually, I thought it was cool. Extremely cool.
2: But it d- didn't like Mickey reminisce of like the eighties. Oh yeah. You know, totally. A little bit of that eighties, like that green laser. Yeah. Kind of, and then the-
0: <laughs> totally. It looked like a sort of bad futuristic sci-fi effect from an eighties film. Right. But do you know what? It's only been about thirty years. Thirty, oh geez, thirty-six years after the eighties. Yeah, and now look at our computer graphics now. So you know the, the fact that they've been able to demonstrate that it's possible to have that image in midair. I mean, once you once you get your foot in the door, like who knows what they could do after that? Different colored lasers. Suddenly you've got different colors and. I don't know. I think it's incredibly cool and exciting.
1: I haven't seen this yet, but um, just from listening to you guys talk about it, I'm actually quite interested in it. It sounds really, really cool.
0: Well, it's that whole thing of before everything was... Holograms were like you said projected onto a thing, and that was the that was the difference between what we can currently do and something that is sci-fi like you know the the holographic projections off of Star Wars or the holodeck for instance is that being able to create something in midair mm-hmm. with, with no other medium something that you could then potentially go and you know interact with or walk around that's the big distinction and so now people are finding ways to make them actually kind of almost standalone objects almost in 3d it's cool very early early stages i think it'd be fair to say but the potential is there and that's what's really exciting
2: Speaking of AR and VR, it looks like the virtual reality game Star Trek Bridge Crew has been delayed until March 14th, 2017. This is the virtual reality game that was demoed at Star Trek Mission New York where you sit at a bridge station aboard the Starship Aegis and manage the responsibilities of that station. I got the opportunity of testing it out and was really impressed. We also published that interview a few weeks ago. It's certainly a promising game, and according to the blog post, quote, In order to deliver the best game experience possible at launch, we have decided to push the release of Star Trek Bridge Crew until March 14th, 2017. It is designed exclusively for VR, and we want to offer a compelling and engaging experience. End quote.
0: Now, this is not particularly surprising. I think that's something that happens relatively frequently in game design. And, well, and, and you know, even in Star Trek Discovery, things get pushed back. I think that's good because, especially with the name Star Trek attached to it, you really want this to be a really good game. So
2: Well, I wonder if this is a, in response to the Star Wars VR. I know that that's been getting a bit of uh, attention lately. So I wonder if it's much about bugs mm-hmm. that they're trying to iron out and perhaps just more polishing. They yeah. want to polish it even more to compare with something like a star wars game the the bridge crew experience was amazing it really was i was not dizzy in any way shape or form i didn't feel i didn't feel like i was wearing a have like it, it wasn't vr from the 90s right it was not that it was so much better and uh even though and we've spoken about this before even though the technology is still very mm-hmm. new and 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 expensive to break into probably the the cheapest method would be to go through PlayStation. It's still it's it's still a remarkable game. It's still a, a a remarkable game. Which but now my question though and this is a our first community question this week. What do you think has a better chance of taking off? Virtual reality where you wear a headset and you know the, you're taken off to a whole nother place or augmented reality like the HoloLens or projections on surfaces? Right? What is is a cooler experience?
0: And finally, just one little fun tidbit for you. In case you haven't quite got your fill of quirky Star Trek remixes and songs, an artist known as Pogo recently released a new song, Auto-Tuning Quotes, from Picard and Data from The Next Generation. Now this video is oddly mesmerizing. We've shared it on our Facebook page and you should definitely go check it out. If you're like me, I don't always click on some of those things because you don't know what you're going to get, but trust me, this one is totally worth it. It's so well done. It's absolutely brilliant.
2: For starters, the lighting. He nailed oh, yeah. the lighting. Right? The video itself, he he blue screens a bunch of sets from the show, like the bridge or 10 forward, uh, uh, one of the corridors. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing how, like, just spot on he got yep. the lighting. And I think... And I think either I read, I forgot where I read it, that um, two things is that he did that in his living room and that he didn't have a security gold jacket, so the, uh, his eyes for data and the gold suit were all done in post.
0: Really? Huh.
2: Yeah. I, yeah. No, I- I'm gonna post. have
0: to read more about this because i I happen to think it's an, it's an incredibly well done video. You're spot it on is. about the lighting because I was trying to put my finger on it, but he uh, he really looks like he's part of the sets and and right. and it is. it's because of the lighting. Um, and he's done even when he's outside. yeah,
2: quote unquote. and outside. he's done a
0: a really excellent job with the costumes. I mean, I mean, the song is cheesy and you'll recognize the quotes from all the from different things. and it's weird and it just all works like
2: it, does. it just it works oddly works it yeah. works so oddly and he's got this face that it's like i don't know it's even his face is a little mesmerizing and it's like <laughs> the way he acts it it's yeah. just it's interesting and he he, he does a spot on Dana, oh he does yeah. right like the way data like kind of looks down in a way when he's thinking or saying mm-hmm. something he, he just he he really uh did a really great data impression i was it was really yeah. impressive The track opens with Klingon victory song, followed by a remix of Data singing "Che Gelida Manina" in, ep- in the episode "In Theory."
0: Right, don't forget he also does the bit with um, oh, is when Picard does that. No, it's not Picard; it's Data doing Picard's voice of the really long like authentication sequence, and then it ends with lock. I think it's the one where Data is it the one where Data's on autopilot going back to. Going back to Doctor Sung, and he impersonates Picard, and does that huge long sequence, and he a lock. He works that whole thing in there as well. It's brilliant.
2: In the notes for the YouTube video, he writes. Uh, I sourced the Ben Nye makeup that was used to turn Spiner into data and a replica of the iconic Starfleet uniform. Unfortunately, I couldn't get the contact lenses in, and I could only get the uniform in red, so I spent a huge amount of time changing the color of my eyes and uniform in post. Wow.
0: Impressive work, Pogo. Now let's get Mark in on the discussion and find out what's been happening this week in Star Trek Online. Computer, status
3: report. Status. Incoming message.
0: I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome once again to STO News, where this week we're getting excited for Agents of Yesterday Artifacts, the newest update to Star Trek Online for PC. Thank you, Winters. Later, we'll be looking ahead to next year's anniversary ship and touching on the latest bit of content to hit consoles. But first, here's Mark.
4: So Agents of Yesterday Artifacts is pretty much upon us. And here's what we know is definitely coming in the update on Tuesday. First off, the new lighting engine is making its debut on Holodeck. It's been live on the Tribble test server for a month or so now, so we expect it to be pretty stable. But if this is your first experience of it, we highly recommend that you allow some extra time when you log in after the patch to make sure your system is still working as you would expect. It's not supposed to be a particularly heavier system than the old one, but nonetheless, some older systems, as in your PC, may experience some unintended effects. One of the big settings you'll want to play around with is your bloom setting. On some of the maps, having bloom set very high can make everything a little on the super glowy side. As in, ow, my eyes.
0: Yeah, I can attest to this, because on the old system, I turn the bloom up really super high because I quite like everything to be really shiny.
4: So you like everything being JJ lens like Lensflare to begin with?
0: Uh, yeah, I do kind of like that, yeah. But when I was playing around with some of the maps on the Tribble server, uh, some <laughs> at that high a bloom, they are a little overwhelming. So you might actually want to turn that down a little bit. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there, are, there
4: are a couple for me, like Rosanna. Mm-hmm, Springs yeah. to mind being, oh, dear God.
0: Yeah, and it's normally, you're used to it being quite dark. And then it's, and then it's like, rah in your face.
4: I'm saying, owl my eyes.
0: Yeah, exactly. It
1: burns. It burns. Yeah.
0: So, um, allot yourself a little extra time because what you don't want to be doing is like getting into a mission and like not be able to see anything. (laughs) Uh, And that would be bad. So, yeah. Well, the next big system that's coming out is the new fleet holding, Starbase K13. The mechanics are going to be similar to existing fleet holdings, but as you complete it, you'll get access to some nifty TOS-themed gear, including unique costume options for your characters, ship consoles and kit modules, and bridge and duty officers. We've also been promised some weapons seen in the original series, but packing a 25th century punch. And there are even a few TOS Bridge Officer manuals that will let you learn standard abilities but with a TOS visual. Starbase K13 has two specialized tracks in addition to the main construction project, the Retrofit track and the Xenotech track. The unlocks you earn go with the two themes. Retrofit items are TOS-style gear that the Enterprise crew may have used, and the Xenotech items are generally from other species encountered in the original series. And of course, the main construction track as you complete projects gives your fleet starbase access to the ship selector, mail, bank and exchange, as well as the tailor, transwarp options and the interfleet shuttle.
4: Finally in Artifacts, there's a new featured episode coming, entitled Echoes of Light. Lead designer Al Rivera tweeted about the new release, saying got a great episode coming your way soon by Jesse Hignig to kick off the next big story arc. Kipley Brown will be joining us for the fun. If you recall, Kipley Brown is the voice behind Administrator Kumark, the Lucari scientist we met back in Sunrise, the first episode in the New Dawn story arc. The last time we saw her in-game, we helped her stabilise the star in her home system. Since then, she's been featured in several story blogs following her efforts to kickstart a shipbuilding programme for the Lucari. Just last week, the latest story blog saw her meeting with the Gorn ambassador, Sitas, on board the space station Orbital, where, among other things, he gifted her an old Gorn ship for her to command.
0: Echoes of Light promises to let players, quote, engage in a journey of exploration and discovery with a species that is experiencing the galaxy for the first time, end quote. This mission will be available to players of all factions when Agents of Yesterday Artifacts launches. So that brings us to this week's community question. What are your first impressions of the Agents of Yesterday artifacts update? We might use your comments in next week's roundup.
1: Some of the things to note that haven't actually been mentioned yet is there is probably going to be a change or update to kits and kit modules. Those updates are on Tribble right now and they are most likely going to be in the update which is coming out tomorrow and it does away with um, you still have your kit but there's a a kit slot for just the kit and there's five slots then for modules not part of the kit. You just have a, a kit slot and five module slots and you can put a kit in and you can put in five modules. Um, they've done away with the idea of the slots in the kits. So that's something that uh, is probably going to come with uh, this update. Now, something to note about that as well is if this is going to be included in the update, it probably is going to require a fix-up script, which means there may be some server lag.
0: And this is When you say a fix-up script, you mean something that will go through everyone's account and sort of unpick the current setup and get yeah, it, it set up for, it, for the exactly. new setup
1: when every character is logged in the first thing that will happen is the server will immediately transform your old kit into the new kit and that is done on the server side and with so many people logging in on not only one character but possibly multiple characters one after the, the other it will create server lag or may create server lag
4: which is why, is a, like, a top tip that I've found, is before something like this, I put my character somewhere quiet. So I tend to avoid big social zones like ESD and things because there tends to be less server lag because there are less people logging into that particular instance.
0: Yeah, and then in general, we would recommend for an update like this, allow yourself a bit of extra time. If you've only got an hour to play, you probably aren't going to be able to do very much in that hour. You're going to be tinkering, aren't you?
1: Yep, for Sure. Something else as well that hasn't been mentioned so far is the removal of commodities from uh, fleet projects. Um, Right now, there are a number of different projects uh, within the fleet system that require shield generators, provisions, uh, astrometric probes, terraforming systems, whatever. Those are being done away with, and instead now there is just an EC value. I've done some testing with this on Tribble, And it seems like that the prices are very high. I got a big shock when I tested this on Tribble. But they're actually consistent with what you would have been putting in before. So, for example, if there is a thousand terraforming systems, if I bought a stack of a hundred, I might have been paying let's say uh, whatever, 250,000 for a stack of a hundred. But time you know multiply that 10 times uh, you just don't realize it and what i seen was this big cost for like 1.5 million ec i was like what that's very expensive and i didn't realize but i actually did test it and the prices are consistent with purchasing these items from your replicator
0: Right, which is what I always used to do in a way that change is just a quality of life improvement because that's what you do. You go into your fleet project, you say, oh, it needs uh, terraforming systems, open up the replicator, buy as many as you need, close the thing, then pump them in. And it's like, OK, that's an unnecessary step, really, when they're just readily available.
4: Yeah, so it's now just cutting out the middleman. man.
0: I was going to say, I kind of liked them for the kind of, like, atmospheric thing, so you could kind of build a project immersion. and feel like you're actually... Yeah, you're immersion. But uh, <laughs> once you've done it a few times, it just becomes an extra, an extra couple of clicks that you don't really need.
4: Looking a bit farther forward, if you've been paying attention to the main Star Trek Online website and all their various social media channels, you may have just noticed a new community shipbuilding contest that's underway. Some people may remember the last time this happened, which was the creation of the new and improved Jupiter Carrier. This time around, it's for a Lucari ship, which will be given during the 7th anniversary of Star Trek Online in February. It's not 100% clear at this point, but it's likely to end up being the ship you can earn by completing the special anniversary event project. At the time of recording, the Thursday of the first week, some designs have already been eliminated through the voting taking place on the official forums, Facebook and Twitter. After the first few initial designs have been eliminated, we can expect to see the remaining three go head-to-head this week for the ultimate winner and the chosen design. So, have we checked these out? Either they're currently running or eliminated? What do we think? Be careful, people might not keep up. No spoilers, sweetie.
0: I'm going to go and go ahead and say it. UFO. Like, hello. Oh, no.
4: The first thing I said, and I don't know if you remember when I put it in our Hangout chat, is... Instantly reminded me of The Flight of the Navigator.
0: Yes, that is what it reminds me of as well. Although the, totally. The last one, though, uh, is it Foxtrot? Foxtrot also reminds me a little bit of that because, you know, in Flight of the Navigator, it kind of changes shape, doesn't it? It goes from sort of more round to, like, pointy.
4: Yeah, although I will say this about the Foxtrot one, the F1, it's kind of like a little backwards Sona ship.
1: No, 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 that, that, that's Echo. But it, is yes, it Echo? Uh, Myself and a number of people in the fleet have said that looks like a sauna ship. Right, i gonna get my knowledge next up.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, the thing is, I probably will be voting for Charlie. That's the UFO one. Because. What? Okay. Bear, oh, we can't be friends just, anymore. <laughs> just bear <laughs> with me. Just because I really like the idea of just having a UFO, <laughs> like a proper flying saucer. God. I, I like it. I like it. If if you eliminated, like if, if that one goes, if that one doesn't make it through at some point, I quite like, uh, I think it's Team Echo, which is, I think the one you were just talking about was like a backwards crescent. I, I quite like that one.
1: I'm Team Echo.
0: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I quite like it.
1: Yeah, I'm Team Echo as well.
0: Now, here's a question. We actually all agree? Well, no, well, we ha- we half agree, because I- I'm team Charlie. <laughs> All
1: right. <laughs> Kenna just has to be difficult.
0: Uh, yeah, well. Yeah, and we'll do like
4: Echo. So technically we agree. We're taking this and we're moving on.
0: Yeah. Well, here's a question I have. So when you look at these six, on, on the bottom of the blog post, that's showing you the different designs, there's the six along the bottom. And my my assumption is that what, what you're seeing is that the top view is as if, up is forward, and then the side view is the side view, like from the back, maybe. The one that got th- while we recorded this, one of them got actually got eliminated, Delta. And so, I'm trying to figure out it's like really long and thin, but like horizontal. So, did it like go it's sideways? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't quite figure that one out, but it doesn't matter, it's out of the contest now, so who cares.
4: And <laughs> the Fox Shot one rings me, one of those is it, um, Comcast, like sort of. Um, what do you want to call it? Oh,
0: yeah, well... Yeah, it
4: sits in the middle of the desk for, like...
0: In fact, both both the Alpha and Foxtrot look like that to me. So the Alpha looks like... It's, um... Oh, I can't remember the name of the brand. It's one of those, you know, uh, teleconference yes. phones that Siemens. sits no. in the desk. Yeah. Uh,
4: yeah. But one of them looks the like
0: me. the top-down version, and one of them looks like it's a, sl- you know, like a slightly perspective view on them. But... Uh, I don't know I'm kind of excited to see what it is because the wording here says to meet the challenges of the final frontier they've been collaborating with the best engineering minds in the alliance to produce a new Lakari starship which I think is really interesting and it ties in with the story blog that came out a couple days ago where uh, we just talked about actually where the, the Gorn ambassador is coming and she's talking about the fact that they can't decide on what this ship is going to be uh, designed for. So I think it's really interesting that they've, they've managed to... T- it's like the story blog is going alongside real life, because we as the <laughs> many, many, many fleet admirals <laughs> are helping to decide what, what the purpose of that ship is and what the design of it is going to be. It's very cool.
1: I wonder, do the devs have a little betting pool when you know they put out one of these where you know they chip in like $5 each and they each pick which one they think is going to win.
0: Yeah, of course they do. Of yeah. course they do. If I mean, who I like knows?
1: Any of, the
4: of
0: course they, they do.
4: And want to comment? Please tweet us at priority <laughs> let us know.
0: I mean, to be fair, we totally would have done that if we'd had a little bit more notice. If we'd had a week's notice to kind of contemplate what the designs were, I think we would have done that here. Maybe not with real money. What? <laughs> <Just laughs> it's just pointless. Like, I would, I would totally bet like a pen. Let's see, what do I have on my desk? Uh, an old packet from, a, from some
1: chewing gum, uh,
0: licorice, all sorts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's the one thing that I think was disappointing about this ship design contest is the fact that it, it literally went by so fast. It's, as we record this, it's day three of the single elimination, the, you know, the initial elimination rounds, and I completely didn't manage to get day one or day two in.
1: Well, you know what the problem is there? What's that? You just didn't read the blog when it came out.
0: <laughs> clearly I did, clearly I missed it, but I felt like we didn't get enough time to, to,
1: to And I'm it. going to take in the other side of that argument. I think that it's good. It's quick, it's fast, it's moving, it's not going to be dragging out.
0: And finally, console players were not completely left out last week. Tholian Red Alerts finally made their way to Xbox One and PlayStation 4 for a weekend event that just finished. PC players are already familiar with the Red Alert mechanic, get an alert while in sector space, opt into the mission and bash away at the baddies in question in order to earn some marks and XP. Now, This is the first of the Red Alerts to be added to the console versions of Star Trek Online, with a few more surely to come in order to catch up with PC. However, the timing of the event raised a few eyebrows since it was only available for the one weekend. Red Alerts on PC are pretty much always on, and their availability is really only tied to which area of sector space you're in. Now, While the original blog was unclear on the exact timing, Cryptic clarified to us that it was just for the weekend event, and updated the post accordingly. And it remains to be seen whether other Red Alerts will be relegated to special event status, or will eventually come to be regular sector space encounters in the future.
4: Well, again this week, in an effort to bring you some of the news and comments from PWE and Cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs, here's the latest comments pulled from the Twitterverse.
0: Al Rivera at Captain Gecko tweeted, Yesterday was the second anniversary of Delta Rising. Can't believe it's been two years already. And that's yeah. quite
4: spooky. <laughs>
0: yeah, you're not alone there, Al, because I can't believe it's been two years since Delta Rising either.
4: Yeah, I saw that tweet and I went, What, really? Yeah. It wasn't last year? feels what? like
0: it was yesterday.
4: Agents of yesterday? No. Thomas Maroney at Thomas the Cat tweeted, What other TNG episodes would be whole season arcs?
0: Uh, see, this was an interesting question, and I didn't actually uh, get a chance to answer it, but one of the things that I thought would have been a, a really interesting full season arc would have been uh, the whole best of both worlds thing. Like, if Captain Picard had been gone for an entire season, and... You know, at the at the he maybe he was assimilated right at the beginning, and they spent and then the whole season arc was all about getting him back and defeating the Borg and all that. That could have been really, really interesting. That's pro- do you know that that's probably the most obvious answer.
4: <laughs> no, I like it.
0: But it's the one. that's the one that I thought of. And finally, community manager laughing trendy tweeted. Something is coming, something is on its way The winds are blowing, something is gonna break Uh, And then underneath that It was a sneaky picture of the Lucari star From the New Dawn Loading screen
4: (sighs) Dun 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 We,
0: We see you Trendy Now let's open hailing frequencies And see what's incoming Message coming in sir
3: Hailing frequencies, open See, we are getting to know each other
2: Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. This week's
4: first community question was, will you be sporting a Trek-themed Halloween costume this year? Send us your best ideas. The Twitter poll results indicated that most of you, 53% to be exact, aren't dressing up at all, but 30% of you are going out in Star Trek Regalia, while 17% of you need to re-evaluate your life choices, because you've decided to go as something else. Remember, check back next week for our community question polls, and don't forget to leave a comment or reply if you have something to say.
0: And from our Star Trek Online forums, post SnoggyMac twenty two replied, "I won't be dressing up this year, but if I were, I'd want to go as Mott the Barber, which <laughs> I think is actually an awesome <laughs> costume." Is it the
2: Benzite that? No, the Bolian. Is it Benzite? Bolian. Bolian.
0: Yeah. I think What's there was benzite? somebody.
2: Is that
1: a thing? Benzite
0: is, is the thing. Benzite the thing. But yeah, Benzites benzite are with the ones. The you yeah, with the breathing vape thingy.
1: Oh. I think there was somebody dressed <laughs> up as Moss at Vegas this year, wasn't there? Really? I, I, I actually
4: think, yeah, you know something? You're right there. I, thought, I can remember that.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure i seen a, a Moss the barber. The barber. The bur- barber. The barber. <laughs> <laughs> the demon barber Oh, no. He's, he's oh going to Oh no, Here,
2: we, goes, tunes, here sweetie we go. <laughs> Our second community question last week was, are there any cannon ships that you are hoping make it into Star Trek Online? If so, which one and why? From prior dot podcastcom Lance and Dragon commented, The
4: Norway class is on my list of ships I would like to see added. It is the last of the first contact ships yet to be added. But something I have heard is that the FX models were lost, so there are very few models for them to build a proper version of the ship. There's also a list of shuttles I would like to see. Data Shuttle from Insurrection is the major one.
0: From Twitter, Jason Smith tweeted Well, ever since they renamed the JJ-verse to the Kelvin timeline, I think it'd be cool to have the USS Kelvin as a playable ship.
2: Oh, I like that. I like that idea as well. Yeah. Tyler Maxwell wrote in and agrees with Lance and Dragon. He also writes, Oh, and if anyone suggests the Jaeger, they need to be immediately flash-frozen by Q for their own good, as well as ours. I agree with that. And finally, from
4: Twitter... Dustin Musgrave at muzx1233 commented, The Killies class from Star Trek Dominion Wars.
0: And Captains, remember that we want to highlight some of you, our listeners, in our shows. So send us your Star Trek story. Maybe it's how you found Star Trek. Maybe it's the way that Star Trek has changed your life. Maybe it's the way you like to dress up as a Star Trek character every Halloween, but you haven't told us about it yet. Whatever it is, send us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com and we might use your story in an upcoming episode of Priority One Podcast.
2: Well, that wraps up episode 292 of Priority One Podcast.
0: But before we go, here's our community questions for this week. What do you think has a better chance of taking off virtual reality or augmented reality? And what are your first impressions of the Agents of Yesterday Artifacts update? We might use your comments in next week's roundup.
2: Captains, you know we love hearing from you, so leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO292, on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash priority1podcast, or tweet us via at priority1pod.
0: Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. And if you're listening to us via iTunes or Google Play, please leave us a review. And more importantly, help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going.
2: Don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at guardfrequency.com covering the world of space sims including star citizen elite Dangerous, descent underground and many more if you like this show then listening to guard frequency is the logical choice
0: thanks to our graphic artists romulan ale and jason smith to our writer and social media manager jake morgan to our video editor jerry tillman and to consultant midnight shadow 7 of hollow media for supporting this show
2: Thanks to our audio team led by Michael McDonald with assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, as Maria DePost and Gavin Lawarn. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible.
0: Enemy ship on sensors.
4: Red
2: alert. Ready
4: weapons.
0: Engage.
2: Transfer complete. I'm Elijah.
0: And I'm Kenna.
2: And I'm hungover.
0: Can you tell? <laughs> can, we, can we do that a bit again? Good.
2: <laughs> well, speaking of AR and VR, it looks like the virtual reality game Star Trek. Oh, you should. Well, you you just. I don't know what what we're doing. <laughs> Do you want me to? Do you want me to do this? What do you want to do? You just spoke for a while, so I don't know what. Uh,
0: Why don't you do the spits? Absolutely fine. Okay, (laughs) I talk a lot in stonies.
2: I don't see why not. It'll it'll spru it'll yeah. Little things like that help sprucing up the the show. So um, winter. So that's two things, please.
0: (laughs) Sprucing isn't a word.
2: (laughs) What did I say? Did I I say
0: sprucing up up the show?
2: Did I say (laughs) sprucing? Yeah,
0: you did.
2: Jesus. I'm s- look, I'm just gonna go to sleep, okay? How about that? I'm just gonna go to sleep.
4: And I'm just noticing the amount of hyphens that are in Sto News.
0: That's like Thank that's you. that's what I that's what I do. I I, know. Br- I bring the hyphen. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? It's not even funny. I don't
1: know. I have no idea because I should be laughing. Two you weirdos.
4: My mind went somewhere else.
2: Guard Frequency oh, Podcast at guardfrequency.com, covering it. the world of space sims, including oh, yes. Star Citizen, Star Elite Frequency Dangerous, Sim, Descent Underground, Susunta. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't worry, it caught me out last week. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs>
3: Hi, this is Chris Keane. I'd like to answer the community question What Cannon ship would you like to see in game? But first, I'd like to say... Uh (laughs) Um, Sorry about that. Uh, That was the dog. We
1: haven't got a dog!
3: Yes, thank you Sam. Uh, Just go and play nicely. Thank you. So sorry, as I was saying, um, I would like to say a very happy belated birthday to both Kenna and Elijah. So, happy birthday to you both. As for the community questions, uh, there are actually two cannon ships I would like to see in game. Oops, I'm really sorry about that. Clearly, I should have put the cat out before I started.
2: We don't have a cat!
3: Yes, thank you, Sam. That's enough now. Thank you! The first ship is an alien vessel from the Voyager episode, Repulsion. The ship kind of looks like a bulky out eagle. Looks really nice. The second ship... <clears throat> Once again, I'm very sorry, that was the fish. We have a fish! Samuel! Shut up! <clears throat> My second ship is the liberated bald vessel from the TNG episode Descent Part 1 and 2. The ship can easily be introduced into the game, as Stowe already has playable liberated ball characters. Anyway, love the show as always. Please note the community questions answered are the opinion of Lord Christopher Arkeen only and does not represent those associated with Priority One podcast. No animals were recorded passing wind during the time of this recording and no children were yelled at.